Welcome to the Past Life Awakening Institute podcast. I'm Mark Beale, a past life regression therapist and trainer. Each episode shines a light on healers who practice spiritual regression therapies like hypnosis and hypnotherapy with regression to this life, past lives, between lives and spirit releasement therapy. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in any of these modalities, go to my pastlifeawakeninginstitute.com website for details. So thanks for watching and enjoy this episode. Today my guest is Benoit Pinnacle. He is a past life regression therapist. He also practices between lives regression therapy and spirit releasement therapy. He's French and he lives in the Haute-Savoie region near the Alps in northern France by the Swiss border near Lake Geneva or Lake Le Mans. Uh, he's a graduate of the Past Life Awakening Institute and Between Lives and Spirit Releasement and a graduate of QHHT and Introspective Hypnosis. His first language is French, but he's done most of his training in English and conducts many sessions in English as well. So he practices in person and online. As a practitioner of spiritual hypnosis, he can accompany you in a luminous and transformative experience to meet your spirit guides and discover your past or future lives. His popular YouTube channel is Luminescent Hypnosis Spirituelle QHHT. So look for him on YouTube and go to his website, Luminescent, and contact him at info at luminescent.com. So Benoit, welcome to the podcast. Bonjour, merci. Voilà. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. I would love to do the podcast in French, and hopefully I can spend a few <laughs> months in France this year and polish up my French so it can be good enough. But until then, we'll do it in English. So thank you for coming and speaking okay. in English and to all your French-speaking fans. Uh, th uh, thank you. And so we actually tell us a little about luminescent. I, I believe lumi means light and naissant is like nascent, like coming into existence and showing future potential. So... What does luminescent mean? Well, uh, lumi, yeah, it means a light, and naissant, it means uh, the birth, being born, and luminescent, it's a play on word, luminescent, it's something that is shining, that is really bright. And uh, actually, the, 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 the choice of this name was really interesting. It's interesting because uh, I spent maybe a week trying to find the right name for my website, for my company. And uh, I did lots of um, brainstorming and I wrote many, many ideas. And in the end, I, I, I chose this one. And when I met my best friend um, a few days later and I told her, look, I, I've, I've picked this name and I put it online and I uh, registered the name and everything. She told me, but that's the name I've picked already a year ago for my company. <laughs> I completely forgot about it. But she said, okay, you should have it. It fits better for you and what you're doing. So go with it. And that's how I, I picked uh, Luminescent. Okay, sounds good. And so you do a lot of things. Your, I guess, past life regression is part of a core, but then uh, you do get into between lives and spirit releasement. So I guess we can cover a fair bit of that today. I'm interested to know about some of your case studies, but you know, what are the main therapeutic modalities that you use? Well, um, I, I started a few years ago with QHHT and there's a high demand for this very specific uh, technique. So many people call me for a QHHT session, uh, but uh, I've, 
learned many different techniques and I'm actually uh, using my own um, technique today to uh, guide clients through past lives so usually it's past, past lives and then we'll connect uh, with guides or um, uh, close relative that passed away and there's a uh, great healing when these uh, meetings are happening and um, talking with the higher self and trying to sort out all sorts of blockage and problems the people meet in their life Okay, so how did that progression happen? QHHT, for those that don't know, that's primarily a past life regression-based modality? Yes, it's a technique that has been developed by Dolores Cannon. The books from Dolores Cannon have been translated in French a few years ago, and they um, it's quite a big thing here in France. More and more people discover the book and they read it and they think, wow, it's it really open them to a, a new perspective to um, they, they, those books allow them to see things very differently and they want to uh, follow up with their own session to see what messages they can get from their subconscious so this technique was developed for uh, by Dolores Cannon for over 40 years maybe and she practiced it and enhance her technique for 40 years. This technique is interesting um, because you you reach a very uh, deep level of trance and uh, it's a very simple technique, a very natural way to get into the uh, hypnotic trance. But that's a technique you cannot practice online, for instance. It's a very long uh, session because it can last six hours. From that base of QHHT, which is generally in person, you've now studied some uh, classical past life regression, which is probably what I call what I teach. And that, and I know QHHT and Dolores, they do get into things with entities and various beings and ETs. And that's something that I find in my classical past life regression therapy. And that comes through in between lives and in spirit releasement. We get involved in some of those things. We can practice online, which is a nice, uh, a nice opening, I think, in this time of the, you know, how the world is these days, being able to practice online is quite helpful. Um, but it's also, I do find a lot of people who have QHHT backgrounds and the experience that they have really benefits them uh, when they come to study with me and, and go to practice online. So I think it's really helpful, that background that you've got. Yes, one of the big limits in the QHHT method is the fact that uh, everything is supposed to be good. Uh, the, the, the evil spirit or entity don't exist in QHHT. That's something you don't learn and that's something does, uh, that doesn't exist. So uh, after a few sessions, maybe a dozen or hundred sessions, then you end up with uh, something happening really weird in a session and you don't know what to do or how to react or and uh, it's very confusing and that's why i start looking for other methods other techniques other approach and that's how i discover your um your courses and that help uh, a lot in okay. my uh, in my practice okay well that's that's really interesting because you know i so my i call it spirit releasement therapy so there's a kind of assumption that we're releasing and I do speak about dark force entities and earthbound spirits that are attached and it's not really appropriate that they are. But even though I will call them dark force entities and they are having a negative, quite 
often dramatically bad effect on a client, I still don't fundamentally see them as being bad. They may be horrifically bad on the outside and the appearance, but internally at their core, they are light. And when you deal with them, they may swear and cause all sorts of strange reactions. Ultimately, when you deal with them from that perspective of compassion, peace, understanding, and just with a general understanding that the light is the ultimate force. So then that enables you to be able to work with them. And so I, I think it's useful to prepare people for the fact that those dark kind of things can happen, but ultimately not to buy in too much to the darkness. Uh, so does that make sense or? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I discovered before when you don't know about it, then of course it can be very scary, especially if this entity is uh, shouting at you or, or calling you names. But once you know exactly what's happening and how you can help your client and also the spirit who's stuck here, it, it's not scary anymore. Uh, and uh, it's actually can be really beautiful to uh, to help those spirit go into the light. And I've shared some sessions on uh, on my uh, YouTube channel about that, where the 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 the, the, the spirit goes into the light, and the spirit is crying and is really um, um, grateful for the help uh, we've brought yeah. to him. Exactly, and the and the session would have started by the spirit saying, "If you get away, she's mine." I, I can't stand you. I don't want to help you get out of here. And then eventually we sit with them and gather information, learn the story, go through a whole process that can take a while. But eventually then we do get to that place where they're tearfully, gratefully wishing us well and, and going off. So yeah, that, so that's great. And that's the kind of thing as well, which I think is useful to put out there because, you know, Oftentimes, like if you do a thousand past life sessions, sooner or later, you're probably going to come across something like this. And if you're not told in advance that it can happen and that there's a way of dealing with it, that's where the, the problems can be. But I think if you're open and say this kind of thing can happen, there are ways to deal with it. Here's how to handle it. So the first thing is not being too shocked if and when it does happen. It's also a, a, uh, often a function of just the numbers. Like eventually you'll meet it if you do enough sessions. But there's also a karmic connection that some people have and some people just don't. So some people will do a thousand sessions and hardly have any experience. Some people will do 20 and find that a quarter of their clients have got some sort of SRT thing. And to me, that's not an indication that, oh, you know, only 1% of the people have it. It's really got so much to do with the, the ability and karma of the person to be able to have things like that come up from their clients and to be able to deal with it. So... Yeah. So does that make sense to you? Do you feel that you have much connection with it or what, what, what do you, what do you think it is about you or your sessions that have enabled you to help people with this kind of thing? Well, just about what you said, I think it's really interesting. Uh, the, the, the way we get clients and it actually, it's actually, uh, it feels like there's, uh, some help somewhere. And, uh, when I started to learn how to do spirit releasement therapy, then I got many clients with this kind of problem afterwards, few, few weeks afterwards. And, but I was ready to help them. Um, also there's always, it seems like there's always a pattern or a theme for me every week with the clients I get. And uh, usually I will have two or three clients following, following one to another. 
and they have the same kind of problem or the same kind, same kind of session um, happening. So yes, I got uh, I got several release men uh, session, uh, spirit release men session that happened after I had this uh, training done, but I was ready to help them. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think some people, they might even be concerned about getting into past life regression in the first place if things might get a bit funky. But the, the good side is that if you're really not interested in doing this or afraid of it or not connected or don't know how to do it, it probably won't even come up. But the minute that you gather the skills to do it, it's like there's a little radar gets sent out and people say oh this person can help and the spirit guides or even the dark spirits in some way or any kind of spirit will gravitate you towards and the person the client may not even necessarily know why they're coming but then you find out that they were guided in order to get this releasement and again this idea that we you know we're we're trying to make spirits release that are negative that are clinging on oftentimes those spirits themselves are part of they on one hand, the spirits connect to the, our clients and we want to release them. But on the other hand, in one way or another, our clients can be clinging on to the spirits a little bit or certainly have mixed feelings and not quite even know how to let go or release them from both sides. And us having the skills to do that, I think they recognize it at some level and are able to get the people to see us and then go through the process. So, And so yeah, I'm kind of interested in how, how does that manifest like with the presenting issues that people bring to you? They often know explicitly they, that they need spirit releasement and, and talk about those terms, or do they? Does it come up spontaneously, or do they not know why they're coming, but then it turns out to be that kind of thing? Well, most of the time, I'm trying to think about all the the session of spirit releasement therapy I had. Most of the time, uh, it just happened in the session, and we're not expecting expecting that at all, either the client or me. Uh, it's very rare when someone's coming to see me and tell me, okay, I have a spirit attached to me and I need uh, some help. Usually those clients uh, have been told that they have something by, by someone else who can't help more than that. But uh, yes, most of the time the spirit will, will appear in the session and then, okay, okay, so let's, let's deal with it and let's help the spirit to go into the light yeah well that's really nice that's a, a funny thing about spirit releasement therapy is a lot of times it is spontaneous so the client doesn't know anything about spirit releasement therapy they don't know the difference between a dark force entity or an earthbound spirit uh, and they're not expecting even to deal with it the nice thing is like we're, they're not really being conditioned they haven't read a book about it and decided they want to have that they, it just comes up totally spontaneously. They wouldn't invent it. Well, how could they possibly invent it? And or and if they and why would they want to in the first place anyway? But regardless, all of these spontaneous cases tend to have a lot of similarities. And that was for me like very convincing at the beginning of just understanding that, you know, why would all these random people have very similar issues that have very similar solutions, which is, you know, just this process that we learn. And that was kind of quite incredible to me. So have you found that as well? Like a lot of different people but a kind of a uniformity of uh, of core issue and solution yes it's um 
I would say for all the session, it's always the same pattern, the same uh, answers coming through every single client, even if they are from different background, different uh, religious background or uh, education, it's always the same answers coming through, always the same um, explanations or resolution. And that's, for me, a really good validation about uh, what we're doing, what I'm doing as I was starting out or in, in the early days, I would, you know, it was mainly spontaneous and I didn't, I had some personal karma that attracted me to it as well or attract uh, and made it something that I needed to do. But overall, it's something I didn't really seek out, but it did come to me. And now that I find that, you know, as I teach a course in it, I'm like relatively uh, public with it on my website, I'm getting quite a lot. In fact, I've noticed a big uptick in the last six months of spirit releasement therapy. I think there's partly a, a willingness of people to, uh, to get in touch about it and communicate it. And I think also just that recognition that ultimately it's a really beautiful light thing. I think in the past, you know, all of the uh, preconceptions of exorcism or it being crazy or being too weird, I think, and or just being too dark and not wanting to deal with it or being afraid of it, I think it is really ultimately an opportunity just to understand some really core principles about not about lack of fear and about what reality is. And, and even emotionally, we want to take our clients just as therapists into the darkness of their own pain from causative experiences in the past that cause hurt or anger or betrayal or sadness. And as spiritual therapists, I think it's really helpful to be able to take people into the darkness of you know, whatever spiritual manifestations are of that, but only so that we can shine a light on it. And sometimes the, the, the greater the darkness you go into, the greater the light that's needed and the greater the enlightening result. Even getting into a negative spirits versus positive spirits, and they're all positive. I even go beyond that, which is it's all just light and let's go beyond dualities and, 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 and not have to call them, even be too negative or positive about it because they, they will change and transform during the sessions. So what, what do you think about it sort of about that non-dualistic approach? Do you think that's fair or? What, what I can say is I, I really, uh, I really like the way how you uh, present the, 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 this work, going into the darkness to help the client go through it and go into the light in the end. And that's exactly it. And about the, um, um, about the spirit and therapy. Yes, there's, uh, there's, um, there's like, um, uh, a barrier or a limit or something where people don't want to go through because the the only thing we really know about that are the 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 horror movies like the exorcist or those kind of movies so of course it's even when you don't know anything about it it's just very scary and you don't want to go there but uh yes it's it's going really into the dark to shed some light and to bring to bring cl the clients into the light and I, I really like this image so that's a great start on the kind of things that you do and we'll come back to that with some really specific examples soon but uh before we get into that can we have a bit more background so can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up uh the culture in your town towards healing and how you've gravitated towards spiritual healing over the, the course of your life. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Burgundy in France, near Dijon, in a small town of uh, 7,000 people, I believe. I have a, a Catholic background. I had to go to church when I was a kid. Um, but uh, healing and spirituality, it wasn't something in my life 
at this point. I, I had no idea what spiritual man or healing or spiritual healing. Or, I, I, I didn't know anything at all about all this. So I grew up, I studied biotechnology. I have a degree in biotechnology, actually. I worked, uh, I, I did another um, school to learn uh, graphic design. So I worked as a graphic designer. So I, I, I was someone very, um, with a scientific background, very uh, in the, in, in the logical and the, the visible things of life. Okay. I find actually people with that kind of background with a systematic, uh, methodical uh, approach uh, to things, that's actually quite a helpful transferable skills for spirituality, but it does then require us at some point to make the jump into a spiritual path. So what is it that uh, made you make the shift? Well, it's going to be a long story. Okay. <laughs> so, um something really really strange happened to me in 2012 um so before that i so i grew up in france i'm i i worked in france different places in the south of france in nice i studied in the north of france in nancy uh, so i moved into different places uh, but then i had this feeling that something was missing that th there was something missing in in me to be really happy to be really uh, completely complete and to be me and I had to travel to find to try to to fill this void and for me it was to find the right place to live I, I was sure that there was somewhere in the world a place where I would uh, finally feel uh, complete and happy so I moved uh, to the UK and I, I lived for five years in Manchester, um, where I work as a graphic designer. And then uh, I decided to move to Canada and I went to Montreal. Uh, and there I uh, started my own company after a little while. And I had my uh, uh, business uh, teaching Adobe software in companies across Quebec and sometime also Ontario. Um, I had everything to be happy, but again, there was still this emptiness in me, this little thing missing to be really happy in my life. And I didn't know what it was. I, I was still looking for uh, this perfect place, this perfect environment for me to live. So I was, uh, ready to move on again and maybe to go uh, in uh, BC or in Alberta, in uh, different places in Canada. I was still searching for this place. And uh, in 2012, I moved into a new flat, a new apartment in uh, Montreal. Uh, and a uh, few weeks after I moved in, I was I was waking up, I was waking up at night uh, with the feeling that someone was in my flat. And at this point, there was absolutely no spirituality in my life. For me, ghost was just something uh, in movies to, to make stories in movies. And that's it. And I never really thought about it. I never really uh, thought about life after life or what's happening after once we, we die on. 
And so um, for a few days, I woke up with this feeling that there's someone in my flat, there's someone in my flat. So I, I, I really woke up and searched into the whole flat. It was a really big flat, so there was um, many uh, rooms and opened, I opened all the, the, the cupboards and uh, all the wardrobes and all the doors to check because I was sure there was someone in my flat. That was such a strong feeling. Um, but I couldn't explain it. There was no one. Uh, the doors were locked, so I went back to sleep. And uh, after a few days, I thought, okay, th there's something weird happening here. And I started doing research online. And uh, I found out that some people were uh, experiencing the same feeling. And the strange thing was that it was happening at the same time. It was always 3.30 in the morning. I didn't know what time it was happening for me, but then the 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 night uh, after when i checked my alarm, alarm clock when i woke up in the middle of the night it was 3:30 or 3:31 or 3:32 and then it continued to happen um for a very long time the idea here is that of course with my um scientific and logical background, I try to find uh, the, the, uh, an explanation for that. Was it uh, an animal on the balcony? Was it uh, an electric uh, electronic device? Uh, maybe a neighbor waking up? On, and all those possibilities didn't work out. And in the end, I found out that there was really a spirit, a spirit of a child, a uh, 12 year old, child in my uh, room at night. And so uh, I had validations. I, 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 there was no doubt anymore that this was really happening for me. And this put my world upside down because I wasn't ready to, uh, to leave something like that. And at this point, I, I started to um, get interested in spirituality and i started i uh, i remember the first book i read was uh, the book from alan kardec uh, about the spirit and then i started reading and i, I a lot of books and um, trying to find the main information about the spirituality about spirit and about all this i met with the family of this little spirit and i told them well i think he wants to tell me something. I think he has a message. That's the feeling I had. And they told me, well, you should try a spiritual hypnosis. I said, yeah, okay. Well, I didn't know what they were talking about, but weird thing, two days after that, I received an email for an invitation to go to a, um, an evening uh, where the, they would uh, explain what spiritual hypnosis was. So I thought, okay, well, I have to go. This is for me. This is a message. I have to go and see what this is all about. And uh, after the uh, the conference, after the, the lecture, uh, the uh, the person who organized it came to me and said, "Okay, that's something you want to ask me." And I thought, "Why?" <laughs> and uh, and so we talked a little bit, and she agreed to do a session with me to try to uh, to talk to this little spirit. So the, the point of this session was for me to validate what was happening, that I wasn't making things up and it was really happening. And it was also a validation for the family 
of the, the, the spirit that was in my house. So this first session was uh, quite terrible, but I had uh, two elements and uh, there was no doubt anymore for me. There was no doubt that there was really something that we could connect and talk to spirit, that uh, spiritual hypnosis was, uh, there was really something happening. And so I did other sessions for me and uh, uh, I did a couple of sessions and those sessions really helped me to uh, open up and let the information go through. and my life started changing. It happened very gradually. Actually, I didn't even uh, realize it was, I, was, I wasn't making any effort to change in my life. The, the, there were some little things that helped me realize that I had changed the way I was living. For instance, I was at the supermarket uh, waiting in the line and uh, I was daydreaming. And all of a sudden, when the, 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 the lady called me, so I turned and had a look at the, the, the grocery on the, on, the, on the tray. And I thought, oh, that's not mine. That's not mine. Where, where's my, my stuff? <laughs> it took me maybe a couple of seconds to realize that I, have, I had changed completely the way I was eating. Uh, my way of life. And I was uh, another interesting uh, thing was I, I, I was working on the streets and then I saw a woman, an old uh, lady that just smiled at me and I realized she did it because I was smiling. And so that was all these little things. Uh, and my friends telling me that uh, I wasn't moody anymore. I wasn't complaining all the time anymore. And I realized I wasn't sick all the time anymore. So all these things together uh, made me realize that really something had happened in my life. And I didn't feel this void anymore. I realized that what I was looking, searching, and I was ready to travel around the world to find this place was actually just inside me. I, I was looking for something outside while I, it was just inside me. And this changed my whole life. And at this point, I wanted to, uh, I said, okay, I have to learn this technique. I, I, I want to be able to offer that to my friends and my family. And that's how it all started. There's an element there, and that's what I was talking about a little bit before. Sometimes there's a karmic connection or, you know, a reason that gets you into it. And so I actually had a partner who happened to be from Montreal. I met her in India, but in Nepal, but and had experiences that were life-changing. We both had experiences that are very strange, or a scientific person might say this doesn't make any sense, or even spiritual people will be hesitant to speak about or not fully understand. But I think when we go through those experiences you know, in depth for years, uh, it, it, it's, to me, it's almost like a phoenix going through the fire, which is after those experiences, you're unable to be burned and you are able to help other people uh, really work with them and integrate them into their life. So, so how long did, would you say it took for you to go from that point of being in your apartment and finding there's, a, there's an, an entity there or, or something's happening to getting treatment to integrating it to being a healer what was that how for me it took a few years how long did it take you yes it took a while it took maybe 
five years for me because it, it, it took already one year uh, before I had I, I could accept that there was really a spirit in my in my flat. So uh, it has been a very long process uh, <laughs> because I wasn't maybe listening to all the signs and to all the messages I uh, I was sent. Or um, yeah, it it it, it took a few years uh, actually. I started my first training in hypnosis in 2015. So yeah, it took uh, three, four years. And that is one thing for people that often when they have the very first experiences, I think there'll be a lot of people watching who identify with or say, oh, I felt there was a weird spirit energy. I don't know in my flat last week. And so, and then they'll, and then they'll often contact and be, no, I need to get this sorted out, you know, like I need an appointment with you tomorrow or today. It's like, guys, this is a, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so I think the solution is in a patience, a persistence and, uh, and gradually integrating it through. Now, you know, we can fight when we experience it ourselves, uh, you know, as healers, I think there's also partly things that we need to experience and it can take a longer time. When we work with our clients, we can definitely get through it in a much shorter time and help them integrate it so they can get back to their life. But they're also, so that's sort of clients that are watching and thinking, oh, maybe I need a session like Ben did, but then they're also going to be healers watching. And I think they, a lot of them will be able to relate and say, I've had some pretty funky, strange stuff happen in the last two or three years. And that's why I'm take, taking these courses or doing this training. So they're probably they, a little bit, uh, and they need to go into it deeper. To, to know how it works to, uh, to integrate it into a healing practice. So it's one thing to sort of to overcome it and get on with your life. And it's another thing to change your life to, to, uh, to go down that path. What was it for you that, that made you change from being like a, a successful business person who resolved this issue in their flat in 2012 to deciding that, you know, I'm now really gonna step on the path and, and commit myself full time you know, years later, what, what, what the, so there's a process of awakenings and decision-making. So what was it that got you just to, uh, it must have, I, I presume you had good experiences with people when you learned and, and studied and that's sort of that last thing. You can be certified and you can practice a little bit, but then what was it that, that made you decide you wanted to, to have this as a, your full-time profession? Well, it wasn't really planned, actually. I've been pushed into that uh, way. Uh, first, for me, it was to learn how to do it and to be able to give session to my friends and family because I knew that they wouldn't uh, make the effort to uh, travel maybe 100 or 200 kilometers to see someone uh, that could do that for them. Uh, so I. I started like that. I had my job during the week and during the weekend I was doing session for friends, but the friends were sending me their friends and I had, I was busy all the weekends in the end and I, I really enjoyed it. The, 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 the feedback of those people, the, the, uh, uh, experience and the, the uh, it was giving me a lot as well to help those people. It was, uh, nourishing me, feeding me. I don't know what yeah. I should it it was really um it was really it was i, I was receiving a lot um back um so that's how i started and uh, with the time i i learned more techniques i studied more uh uh, hypnotherapy and past lives and I read all the books from Dolores and Michael Newton and Brian Weiss and and many others I knew that 
what I was coming to do in Canada, uh, even if I didn't know what it was exactly, I had found it uh, through this, uh, um, thanks to the spirit. And so I had nothing else to do. I, 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 there was nothing waiting for me anymore in Canada and I could move back uh, and be close to my family again. Um, but it wasn't something I had planned to do uh, in the in in the, in the short term, and um, during some holidays, I came to to France and we went on a road trip, kind of road trip with a, a friend, and we decided to go through Switzerland. And everything went wrong. Uh, it we had planned uh, something, but it, it went completely wrong, and we ended up uh, not in Switzerland on the other side, on uh, at the at the lake in France in Evian. And it was, uh, I remember it was in winter, uh, it was very cold, there was lots of fog and when we arrived it was maybe 9pm and the city was very quiet, we couldn't see anything. Uh, but I saw those signs and there was many signs, it, it was crazy all the sign I got like, oh that's weird, that makes me think of home, oh that's, that's like, yeah it's home. And I had all those signs, but I, I didn't really pay attention, I was just surprised and thinking, oh that's, that's interesting. Um, and I remember the, 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 the day after in the morning, um, we were having breakfast at the restaurant and I, I, after maybe 20 minutes I look up and I saw a poster and this was huge message for me because this poster was um, about uh, a shop selling bicycle in Dijon and that's exactly what my parents did so for me this was too too big the, the, so I said okay there's something you want to tell me something I'm, I'm listening and uh, we went out the sun was shining I could see the lake in the background. The, the, we discovered the city we couldn't see the day before because of the fog. And instantly I had this feeling, I'm supposed to be here. I have to be here. I'm, I, I had this feeling I couldn't explain that that was the place where I, where I was supposed to come. I got, into, I got back home in Canada and I was thinking about this place, this city, Evian Liban. And I thought that's, there was, really something, uh, a, a kind of attraction I couldn't explain. Uh, so I went for a session with a colleague of, with a, with a colleague, and the, the, the answer I received from my guide was, yes, he's supposed to go there, he'll find the perfect place for him to live in a small village above the city. Um, that's where the next uh, part of his life is going to uh, to happen, where he has to go, uh, next step in his life. And uh, I thought it was completely crazy because that's one of the most expensive places in France, probably with Paris, and and I, I couldn't just give up my, my uh, company, my work in Canada to come here and do what, uh, to start over again from the beginning. So, uh, I didn't know what to do, but at the same time, I, I, I could visualize this uh, two-story flat, where um, two-story building. I, I knew that I would live in this place with two levels, uh, in this village about the city of Evian-les-Bains. I don't know, maybe a year or two years happened. 
actually two years happened where I was thinking, yeah, maybe one day I'll go there. And uh, I ended up in the hospital in the emergency in Montreal, where I spent a couple of days in the ER and I spent uh, six days total in the hospital. And it was uh, traumatizing for me. It was the worst six days of my life. Uh, and it, it was a real nightmare because I didn't know what was happening. I was just scared by the doctors that wanted to uh, operate on. And in the end, after six days, they just let me go. And they say, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. But uh, it's been such a trauma for me, really, to, to experience this, to be in the unknown and the, to be so scared about what could happen and the fact I could die. Or, uh, that when I get out, I thought, OK, I, I can't stay here. I have to be close to my family. I have to go back home. And uh, in a couple of weeks, everything just, I, I could sell everything I had. I could go back home. I found someone at the last minute to pick me up at the airport in Paris and drive me at my parents. And all this just happened, like it was meant to happen. And so first thing I did when I arrived in France is, okay, so I'm supposed to be in Evian, so maybe it's time and let's go. So I booked a hotel room for a week and I did all the um, all the different places to, to find a, a place to stay. But of course, no one wanted to rent something to me because I didn't have a job, because I didn't have any uh, guarantees. And so I, after the week, I went back to my parents and I was thinking, okay, I had really big doubts about hypnosis. How could I do something if I can't believe the message I receive? And there was a, a crisis here. I thought, okay, should I go back to Canada? Should I go back to Montreal? Should I stay in Burgundy? Should I, I didn't know what to do anymore. And someone called me to offer me a flat. And I didn't follow up at first because I thought, no, no, I, I, I don't like it. But this person called me a second time two weeks later. I thought, well, maybe I should go and have a look. And when I arrived and I saw this flat, this flat was in a village above Evian-les-Bains. It's a two-story flat and it's just perfect. I've got this amazing view on the Geneva Lake and, uh, and that's where I that's why I came. That's why I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to stay here. But the internet connection is really bad where I live because I'm in the mountains really far from everything. And so I, I, I thought, okay, you want me to come here, I, I'll do it. But I trust you. You, you. you said that that's where I'm supposed to be. Okay, I trust you. So there's no internet. I have to give up my job in uh, computer, in teaching, in all this. And so uh, it was very drastic move for me. It, it changed overnight, basically. And I said, OK, well, I can't do this anymore. That, that's what I've done for 15 years. And I'm really good at what I'm doing. And I, ha I have many clients asking for me. So I, I, I had a lot of work. And I, I wasn't worried about that. But overnight I decided okay so let's let's leave that all behind and focus on 
spiritual hypnosis. And I knew that I had some help, uh, some assistance, if I could say, so um, to help me and send me clients and uh, send me the people I could help. And that's how it all started. Uh, and I've been here for uh, soon four years and, and it's great. So I, I, I've been doing spiritual hypnosis since then uh, full time and I love it. So I love how it starts, like you're in Montreal, you've got a great life, and then you get this big interruption of uh, a spirit that uh, is, it's a bit scary, it's a bit challenging to believe systems, and it upends your life. And there's that like health issue where for six days, you know, you're terrible, uh, you know, scared physically for your life, and, uh, and it's a traumatic event, but again, ends up being something which helps you rethink about you know what's important in my life what do i need to be done and you know oh it's inconvenient to pack up and move and change but i realized i got what i needed but i was still there and so then it's that little kick to, to push and, and get you moving and then eventually you do find your right place and then everything works out and i think that's really helpful for people to observe which is uh, this is a bit what i mean about the duality which is we can think you know it's bad to have an earthbound spirit that should have gone to the light, but it didn't. And then it comes and hassles us in the night and we can't sleep and we've got insomnia and we're scared and confused and it's interrupting us. And we think that's bad. And maybe it is, but it's also ends up being helpful for us in the long run. So is it good that there's an earthbound spirit? Well, not necessarily, but it's playing a role that's helpful for us. So whether it's good or bad, who knows? It starts off seeming bad, then it may turn out to be good. But either way, we can go beyond good or bad and just say it was helpful to get me on this path. And even this thing, you know, it's hard to say it was good that I had this trauma in the hospital and it definitely felt bad. But either way, good or bad, don't worry about it. The main thing is it was helpful because it got me to where I am now. And I think that's one way we can go beyond seeing things as good or bad. And that's something with our clients as well. So our clients are the kind of people who, like you, you know, nine years ago are going, I think there's a spirit in my room. And then they'll call us and say, I want a session. It's like, yeah, I was, I was you 10 years ago. Or they'll be like, I had spirits have been weird for the last few years. And now I'm in the hospital and now I'm stressed about recovering from it. And it's like, you know, I want a session. And so we're like, okay, I was there. I was you five years ago or 15 years ago. It's like, we know what it's about. And so I think the fact that you've had all those deep felt experiences really help you to help people. And so that's a lot about your story. What are the kind of stories that you see from clients? Do they have similar backstories to you or do they bring in, in uh, things you can relate to or things that are quite different? So do you have a couple of examples of, uh, of, of a case study uh, and a story from, from, from a client? Well, I, I couldn't give you one, one specific example actually, uh, or I could talk about uh, about many many different examples for a very long time the the the, the clients i can i, I meet i receive that they don't especially they, they they don't have the same story i had but everything that i experienced helped me a lot understand the client i see today uh, and uh, in order to be able to help them but the the i'm the the clients i receive uh this kind of different themes for maybe a couple of months i will meet clients with the same uh, problem or with the same need and at the moment 
most of the people I meet, uh, have, they come and they say, okay, there's this block blockage in my life. And I know there's, um, I'm, I, I want to know my path. I, I want to know why I'm here, what I'm supposed to, to do. Or, and that's kind of similar to what I experienced. So I know what they are going through. And that's very useful for me in order to be able to help them. Um, so that's the main theme at the moment. Okay, that's good. Sometimes people will come to you and they'll have, they'll even present, like a, there's a physical part, an emotional part, a mental part, a limiting belief, uh, or some preconceived ideas, and then a spiritual part. Uh, do you find that there's a mixture of that in your clients, or do they really coming with, you know, quite spiritual orientated things? Usually uh, people, clients, they come for one main problem. Uh, but through the session, they realize that what they thought was their problem is actually not. And they find solution or they find explanation about the, the blockage or the limitation they experiment in, in a way they weren't expecting at all. So you mentioned there about some of the key principles or the key themes that are quite similar. So what are those kind of themes that you see reoccurring? So those those themes um, reoccurring are, well, the main one is, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Should I continue in the work I'm, I'm, I'm doing at the moment and keep going every day? Or is there something else I'm supposed to, to do or uh, to realize? So that's the the main one, I would say. And there's a there's an interesting story actually about that with a client of I, I had a couple of years ago. She was living in Lausanne across the lake, and uh, where I live, there's I'm I'm, I'm living in a ski resort actually. So f across the lake from Switzerland, you can see this weird road going up in the mountain, and that's really something uh, you can see from the other side of the lake and. He saw this his whole life, but one day he decided, okay, I, I need to know what this is. I, I need to go there and have a look. So he took the boat with his backpack and uh, arrived in Evian-les-Bains, and then he woke up in toulon les mémis where I live, in the village where I live, and uh, to to spend a few days there and to uh, just uh, do some um, hiking around and to discover the place. And he arrived at the uh, tourism office where he found my brochure. And he thought, oh, that's interesting. So he gave me a call and said, oh, could I have a session? I'm here for three days. Could I have a session? I said, well, I'm sorry, no. Uh, I can't give you a session before a month, maybe. So he said, okay, well, that's fine. If if there's a consolation, you know I'm here. That's my details. You can just call me back. I'm, I'm here for three days. And I forgot about it because I, I knew there was no way that I could see him in this uh, window in this time frame. And uh, a couple of days later, I received a call from my client and he said, I'm really sorry, I have to cancel the session tomorrow. I, I can't come. There's uh, this big uh, problem. I have to cancel. And so, well, okay, it happens sometimes, so it's fine. I hung up the phone. And at the same time, the phone was ringing. So I took the phone again. So did you have any cancellation? And it was this person. So I thought, okay, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I can see you tomorrow. So he came for the session. And uh, this was too weird. This was too uh, 
too many coincidences. And so he had the session and I asked, I asked his guide during the session, what happened? And they said, well, we really needed to talk to him. He needs to know his uh, path in life, his uh, purpose. So it was time for him to uh, basically sit down and listen. So we had to bring him to you. And that's, that's how uh, things happen sometimes. And I found it really interesting. So that's about uh, um, the purposes in, in life. Another very interesting uh, theme that can happen in the sessions and uh, which is actually very powerful is when people will meet their, um, their relatives that pass away. With the years, I've developed mediumship. And so when we are in my, um, in my office and when I'm talking with the client, I can see if someone is standing behind and listening to what we're saying. So I will just give them a few details and they can say, oh, yes, I recognize uh, my father, my brother or um, anyway. And during the session, I will ask uh, their guides or their, their higher self and say, okay, there was someone present here in the room with us when we started. Is this being still present? And they say, yes. So uh, we asked this being to uh, come in, come closer. And so the, 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 the client can describe this person and they can have a conversation with them. They can really let go of everything they had on their chest for many years uh like forgiveness like uh they weren't here when they left the the last thing they couldn't tell them so they can tell them and the the, the spirit can reply so it's it's very powerful and it's healing and they can hug each other and they, they really feel it and it's usually uh amazing to witness when it's happening that's great and so we started off talking actually at the beginning about how if you do a lot of past life regression sessions entities energies can come up and we can use spirit releasement therapy for that but now what you're talking with as you do a lot of past life regression you can get into between lives regression and so that's a lot of the things that you're talking about here where we've got life purpose as a presenting issue but then you get the spirit guides come in and help people remind them of what that life purpose is. And that life purpose is often set between lives before they incarnate. They incarnate, get distracted by life, forget what they're doing, need a reminder or need a kick or whatever it is. And, and then when you've got, uh, and sometimes we can think of, you know, earthbound spirits as being energies that stick around and need to go into the light. But I think there's a distinction between uh, a soul group and so in between lives, we can meet the soul group. And it sounds like in the sessions, you're communicating with family members who are loved ones who, rather than being an earthbound spirit or, or a spiritual entity like that, it's more like uh, the presence of the soul group comes in and helps remind them of some things and give spiritual lessons. So is that how you see it? It's actually very similar to what's happening in uh, life between life sessions. Um, right. When this happen when someone is present in the room i'm not especially doing live between live session it just happened and i i'm it's just uh, something we had in a past live session maybe or something like that uh and 
for me, a close relative, a parent, a brother, a sister, or maybe sometimes even a very close friend, uh, is not automatically someone from the soul group. Uh, and I'm not going into details. When this is happening, I don't go into details about the uh, soul group or soul family. That's something that I do in life between life sessions. And when this is happening, when the, the, the client, the person in, in trance is having a life between life session and when they meet their soul family, it's also something amazing. And usually there's lots of emotions because it's like uh, finding a friend or uh, someone we really care about that we've lost for a very long time. And it's, it's also uh, very emotional and amazing uh, moment in the session. Yeah, so that's similar. So part of the offering on your website is specifically to do between life regression sessions. So there are people that come with you just to do that modality. So tell us a little bit about the, the kind of reason why people would do between lives rather than uh, past lives or, or some other sessions. Yes. Well, usually you, when you, you, you come, uh, the, 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 the people I meet who come for um, finding a solution or um, uh, they have a problem in their life. So maybe we can find this solution in past life therapy or uh, maybe age regression. Um, so this is more to solve problems. But some people, they, they don't really have problems in their life. Everything is going fine, but they want to have this spiritual experience. They want to go even further than what they've been experiencing or what they've been doing. And so uh, usually that's the kind of client who will ask for a, a between life session. I don't offer, um, if someone calls me for a between life session, I usually I won't start with it. I'd like to have first a past life uh, regression first, because we can find that there was uh, something to that needed to be uh, sorted out first. Uh, and also, this can help the client to get used to the hypnotic state, to be able to connect better in between life session because between life is something very different than past life past life it's we're still in the um in something we know uh, you can see a table it's something very dense and it's very easy to to visualize or to describe in a past life or in a memory but when you get into between life it's more etheric you don't really see people that well they're, they're actually uh, energy beings, so they don't really have a, 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 a body or um, and so it's a little bit more difficult for the client to describe or to experiment. It's a deeper level of trance. That's why I'd like I like to uh, do to start with the past life regression session first. Yeah, that sounds great. That makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's a useful prerequisite. So you mentioned uh, before that, you know, overall doing this work, you found it to be nourishing. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that, like, like the kind of things that you get from doing the work and the experiences that it gives you as a healer? 
Well, it's first during the sessions when you can feel the energy of the guides present in the room. In the room, that's that's something amazing. Um, I remember one day starting a session, and I could feel right away some huge wings uh, in the room. Maybe I don't know. It, it was really big, and uh, I thought, oh who 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 is that i thought it was the guide of the person but then we started the session and uh, uh it was a somnambulistic client meaning that this person after the two hours of the session she didn't even remember she was on diagnosis she didn't remember the session what we talked about the the conscious mind wasn't here anymore and during the session i i I start talking with this being, with this guide, and after a little while, I ask, okay, who are you? And I say, Michael. I thought, oh, can't Michael? <laughs> and say, yes. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, you, in that case, you stand up, uh, you, you sit up uh, more appropriately, and, uh, and this was an amazing experience. Um, so that's one thing first during the session when it's happening but it's also after the session when the clients will call me back to tell me about the changes that happen in their life or to tell me yes i realize now i understand the message i've been given i know what i have to do um and this is really nourishing me. This is why I want to do this job. This is why I have such a pleasure helping all those people. Um, I remember, well, actually, it was uh, maybe three weeks ago. I I had this client. She was uh, she was a bit lost in her life. She didn't really know uh, what she was supposed to do anymore. She had this job. She liked her job, but she wasn't happy in life and uh, she had this amazing session she had all the answers she needed from her higher self her guides uh she had a past life experience that gave her great uh, lesson to understand what was happening in her life at this time and after the session she said well yeah okay yeah it was interesting and i wanted to tell her but don't you realize that it's it's more than that. And uh, she went home and she sent me a message a couple of days after. And, and she said, well, I'm, I'm very depressed. I'm very sad. I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I, I, I can't uh, succeed in life. She, she was really down and I couldn't believe it after the session she had. And I said, okay, you had the recording of the session. Did you listen to it? No, no, there's no point in listening. I'm, I, I didn't do well. I, it wasn't good. I said, well, listen to the session and then we'll talk afterwards. And the day after she sent me a message, it was the completely opposite of the message she sent me the day before. And she said, you were right. I had to listen to it and it was amazing. And she, and, and she, she sent me other message since then, but her life, really changed completely for the best. And that's something happening. Usually some people, they will have uh, amazing experience, amazing sessions with the best messages they can have that can really change their life for the best. But they leave my office 
and the, the the part of the brain the mental part is back and driving on the the and well it wasn't that great well i knew already everything well i wasn't under hypnosis and that's me who answered and and all this and and, and they just go back in their in their in their pattern in their old um way of thinking so that's why i like when the client listened to the recording of the session again to remember to rem to remind them the amazing messages they got during the session and that's also uh yes to answer your question earlier uh, uh something i love in what i'm doing when when a client will call me back and give me all this feedback and telling me this change in my life that change and now i'm, I'm i ha i have this different relationship with my mother who was so hard with me or i've changed my job or i've lost 10 kilos i i didn't even do any diet uh all those things so it's really encouraging for me to continue and, and do more. That makes a lot of sense. I see a lot of people who are beginning students of these therapies. And I think having that strong frame and knowing that your clients don't know necessarily how much benefit they've had, but you get to see as you stick at it, you get to see days later, weeks later, years later, how that those sessions you had with them have a really powerful impact. And so you get to do that because you've walked the healing path for a number of years and, and that builds your confidence and your competence. So you've continued to do trainings. You've continued to do a lot of sessions and gather a lot of experience. So a lot of people will look at you and say, you know, I identify with the experiences you had that got him on this path, but now he's done all these things and he's got to that place and I'd like to be in his position. So what would you, or have his skills and have his experiences? So what would you say to people who are uh, maybe healing themselves or beginning the healer's path or thinking about being professional healers? What might you tell those kind of people about what it's like doing healing work and, and how to succeed in it and get these good results? Well, first thing I would tell is have faith in yourself and, and the help you can get from your your assistants, your uh, public relationship team, I don't know how we can call them. But uh, the, 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 the hardest is to start to do the first session, because it, the, the more you wait, the, the more difficult it will get. And it's like jumping into the water. Um, of course, when you start, you start with your uh, closest uh, friends or family or relative, and it's usually the most challenging sessions but um it's it's how you learn it. it it's good to 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 have difficult session and maybe um not being able to help the best way possible those people but you are in learning that's how you have to start and the people you're doing with the session with in a way they've been sent to you and everything that is happening is good for this person and it's good for you as well to to learn and grow and uh, maybe what you think uh, and this happened a few times for me you think oh this was a terrible session i couldn't help this person it didn't work i should have done it differently and then this person will call you back and say oh thank you very much this was amazing and they got everything they needed so it's first thing is to start and second is to uh 
get really um, an interest on the subject and to there's so many books uh, I mentioned earlier Brian Weiss Michael Newton Dolores Cannon uh, they wrote a lot about spiritual hypnosis and that's very helpful to uh, open your mind even more on the subject but also to uh, learn some little tricks to be able to use in the sessions and I remember uh, so four years ago when I moved in here and when I started my practice full time, after a few months, I was thinking, wow, I've done such huge uh, progress. Um, maybe that's, I've, I don't know how I'm, I should say that correctly in English. Um, I, I'm so much better. I'm so much better than when I started six months ago. Uh, I, it was amazing. I thought, okay, now I'm ready. Now, now I can uh, go out and say, okay, I'm a spiritual hypnosis or a practitioner or therapist. Or uh, I was confident enough. But then six months later, I was thinking the same thing. Wow, I'm so much better than I was six months ago. Uh, and this has been like that for four years now and it's just keep getting better and better and better so go out start do this first session learn from it and that's the most important be open-minded that's also another very important thing to be really open-minded about everything you can hear from your clients or everything that can happen during the session being open-minded and in the same time having your feet on the ground and I think that's my previous life before doing spiritual hypnosis, working on computers and uh, algorithm and logical things and doing biotechnology really help, helps me, really helped me uh, a lot to be grounded and to uh, have this uh, critical mind and not to uh, to to uh, agree or uh, accept everything that I get during the session because sometimes can be uh, the, the 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 person the mental uh, the, the the part of the mental brain answering and with practice you know when this is happening or it could be also as another spirit and you think you're talking to a guide but then there's this little thing that is off and if you just ask few more questions you realize oh no that's not a guide oh no there's something to to work on to do here yeah that's a lot of great points and so i find the same thing where i work with uh, take people through hypnotherapy past life regression training and sometimes they'll be they'll submit their assignments for the week and say oh this you know my sessions weren't very good this week and i'll look at it and go uh, and it's the same thing where and then they'll come back the week later and say oh i I interviewed them before the next session. They said that last session that I did was really amazing. I can't believe it. And so they'll give themselves a C plus or a C minus for the assignment. I'm reading it thinking, you did great. You got an A. They, a week later, their client tells them they got an A. And they're going, oh, I felt bad. And then they also tell me afterwards, I almost quit because I thought I did a bad job. Uh, so firstly, not all sessions have to be perfect. Secondly, even if you think they're bad, most people think they're much worse than they are. And thirdly, you'd be amazed at what, what it takes for, you know, or the experience of the, the client is quite different to the experience of the person giving it. And then you made a great point. Ultimately, these are all things that we need to learn. And sometimes the sessions that seem to be, you know, really great and easy, you, that they're nice, and you may, but you may not learn as much. 
from some of the tricky ones, you learn a lot, but then people feel, get a bad feeling from it or give up or think it's difficult. And this can even be after really only having done a, you know, a half a dozen sessions and they do five good ones, what bad one and think, oh, it's too difficult and stop. It's like, keep going, keep practicing, keep doing it. And when I find mentoring people, it's giving people the clarity to know that they've done a good job uh, even though they may not have thought they have, I know that they have and their client knows they have. So, so it's a great point. I think it's a really nice thing for, for people that are watching this to hear and to know that as they go along this path, it doesn't have to be smooth. There can be ups and downs along the way, but also just keep at it and keep doing the practice. And that's what you've done. And you've also kept on uh, uh, continuing to learn, grow, read, train. That's because you're passionate about it and drawn to it. So even to people who aren't really that passionate about it or sort of curious about it, but uh, it's one of those things where it's a vocation and a calling. So if you've got that calling and that's part of your life purpose, go for it and, uh, and commit to it and, and work hard on it and, and, uh, and get be well-trained and your confidence will grow along with your competence. So yeah, that's a, it's a great, so a bunch of great stories there. So thanks for those. Well, Benoit, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. So uh, how can people contact you if they're interested to find out more about you or to work with you online or if they're lucky enough to get to, uh, to France? Well, there's uh, my website, lumi-naissant.com, uh, uh, whereas unfortunately my website is only in French at the moment, but uh, I have some people contacting me through the website uh, in English. I will answer in English. Uh, that's the best way to contact me. There's a form on the website and uh, you can find all the information you need. Fantastic. Okay, so I'll put those links in the description. So check that out. So, so Benoit, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Great to see you again. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It was uh, great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening or watching. To find out more about my guest, see the links in the description for details. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy or regression to this life, past lives, between lives or spirit releasement therapy, then visit my website thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening and see you next time.